You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. I guess you know what the concert is now because we also tweeted it out like two minutes ago. You think a lot of people actually saw that tweet 60 seconds before no, we came but it's on air? Like, but it's like, hey... We're having a surprise birthday party for Dude. you, Matt Rose, and we just tweeted out the location, the bar that's happening. Uh, 60 seconds before. It's fine, George. It's all good, bro. No, it's okay. Um, by the way... Uh, surprise! Kiss is coming to Calgary! Yeah. Surprise! Uh, don't make plans on November 12th, because all the way November 12th at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Kiss, end of the road, world tour. Is this the last time they're touring? It's the end Maybe. of the world tour? No, end of the road world oh, tour. Phew. No, the end of the world might actually happen before then um, with nuclear war. Stop um, it. Kiss, and I'm not going to get into that. Kiss, end of the road world tour um, presented by Live Nation, November 12th, 2023 at Scotiabank. Tickets go on sale next week, Friday, March 10th at 10 a.m. We will have Tickets for you to win next week. Before they go on sale. Isn't that cool? Before! We're going to get you right to the front of the line. May, like, Alex, are you going to interview uh, Gene Simmons again? Because you guys have such a rapport. Yeah, do you think he'd remember me? Probably not. Uh, I would say, without a doubt, he would not remember you. I, know, I think he probably does, because Alex is a handsome young man. Yeah. Well, I was the only one asking him weird questions, right? Everyone was asking him very standard about his vodka brand and then i was out there like oh yeah how was how was your time with the swift current broncos practice you know so yeah maybe okay. he'll remember me. maybe he will remember that maybe you should get him on the show whoa shoot him a text yeah i, don't, I think i've have i interviewed gene simmons no i haven't i've interviewed nikki six how was that it was good he's good well, we had a radio show i don't know if he still does no i, I knew that yeah he's a yeah it was good I read his book. No, it's it was very Mick good. Mars I interviewed. Was oh, it okay. Mick Mars? I don't know. Somebody from Motley Crue. One of the Motley boys? Yeah, it was good. Smoking in the boys' room. Do we really want to interview Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley? I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Or is that more of a Jack thing? I'd prefer if they just came in studio. I think that's the way we'd have to do it. Okay. Like I, Over the phone, I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't know. Alex, would, like Alex, Alex gets starstruck when he calls like NHL players. Like if Gene yeah, Simmons he came in, you know, but you interviewed when he him. Calls Lou on the phone. We get yeah. Lou on every week. Like what happens if Gene Simmons came in studio, Alex? How would you deal with that? Oh, I, I wouldn't be able to deal with that. You be- <laughs> really <laughs> sweating? Really? I would be running all over the place, taking photos. Like I again, I'm I'm such a bitter, jaded, mm. like working in this business. Mm. There's very few people I'd be starstruck with who came in. Like, if Tiger Woods came in, I'd be a little starstruck. Yeah. That's oh. Tiger freaking Woods. A li- yeah, a little? Yeah, Tiger Woods. <laughs> oh, my Well, no, you, you get starstruck when you talk to Keith Yandel. Like, okay, with all due respect to Keith Yandel. But I mean, like, like global. <laughs> Michael Jordan came in. I'd be like, whoa, that's Michael Jordan. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. TB12? Like, Gene Simmons, I'm like, eh. Totally, it's Gene Simmons. Yeah, pretty popular. Uh, I'm sure people hate me for this, but when I think of Kiss, I think of the movie Role Models more. Of than course, I think of like Minotaur. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good Minotaur Can't energy drink? Bullcrap, bullcrapper. Yeah. So there you go, Kiss. End of the road world tour 
Tickets go on sale Friday, March 10th at 10 a.m. We're giving away tickets starting Monday. Yeah. We got wing-off tickets exciting. this week. Yeah. And by the way, your chance to win a fifth annual wing-off in support of Calgary Kids Sport, which goes down to Calgary's uh, Cowboys um, next Thursday. Uh-huh. We'll be there. We'll be there. Uh, March 9th, 960-960, name and location. We've been asking you. Alex has been vetting some of the great texts you've been sending in. Vetting's a good word. There's needed to be some vetted today. Yes. There's been some inappropriate ones, too. Yeah, very, like one when when it's time and somebody, I'm, I'm very skeptical if they were in jail, but if they were, that must have been rough. Uh, the Flames <laughs> hurt me last night more than blank. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. 960-960, name and location. The franchise is going to join us momentarily here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got to ask him, crushing 4-3 overtime loss to the by the Flames last night to the NHL's best Boston Bruins. Calgary out shooting them 57-20, to which is by far and away by like 17 shots the Bruins gave up a season high last night. <laughs> Completely caved in by the Calgary Flames. But also, Gary Bettman was at the game last night. Not only Gary Bettman, John Hamm was at the game last night, yeah. and I thought the game ops, like, kudos to the game ops of the Calgary Flames last night. They do this really cool bit where they pick out people in the crowd who look like celebrities, and it's really fun. So uh, they picked out Grant, who does a great job. The uh, uh, in-house host. In-house host. Uh, they looks like John Hamm. And then all of a sudden... It's like a little a bit little, of a stretch. Sure. We're all like, oh, I don't Not know Not really. About and then that. all of a sudden, they pan to John Hamm, who's yeah. sitting at the dome. I'm like, oh, it's really John Hamm. Which, and I thought John Hamm did a great job of playing it up, too. His yeah. facial expression. Because yeah, the did. guy knows. He gets it, yep. right? Yep. And he's a hockey guy as well. Uh, they're up here filming Fargo. There was another individual that everyone else on social media was losing their mind about that I did not recognize. Yeah. But yeah. Neato. Hey, Alex, real, real life celebrities. Alex, you're filling they in. They live among us. Yeah, you're filling in for Patrick Dumar, producer. Why don't we try to get John Hamm on the show? Let me just, yeah, find a way. <laughs> like, could I, where would I start with something like that? Like, teach <laughs> yeah. me. Help me out here. Well, you know what I would do if I were moment. you? I would talk to the people at Star and Jack because they would have more contacts with people who work in that industry. Hmm, okay. I'd just go knocking around hotels downtown. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think you're going to get a lot of success for that. But that's where I would start, Alex, because I can get you numbers of like sports people with my contacts with my pals in Toronto. Right. But John Hamm, hmm. <laughs> I I think you'd have to talk to you don't somebody have like at a, Star. You don't have like a Screen Actors Guild. In, you know what? I can, like you a, know that being said, I could probably get you a number of a person you can contact. I bet our last guest would probably be a guy that might be able to help out in, yeah. in that facet. Damn it, Maury, who does the Fossil. morning show on Kiss in Toronto. You should get in touch with him, Alex, because I guarantee he has a contact to get in to get in touch with John Hamm. Maury Sherman in Toronto. Maury Sherman. Okay. And go, hey, it's Alex from Calgary. He's in town. We're just wondering if we're going to have him on the show. Mm. And we'll get John Hamm. Well, I don't know. We'll try to get him on. Because, again, he's a big hockey guy. I'm sure he'd like to come on and talk about his blues in the NHL. Some sports just in general. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. About the battle Do box? I expect it to Is happen? Is the XFL team in no. St. Louis? Yeah, sure. Do I expect <laughs> it to happen? No. I absolutely do not. No. But it's worth a shot. Uh, shooters got to shoot, Alex. That's I how it works. Love me some Mad Men, so yeah, I'd be. It'd very be cool to have him on. Uh, that would be starstruck too if you had to call John Ham, Alex. How would you deal with that situation? 
Well, I just honestly, I just pretend I'm calling the John Ham from Mad Men, Don Draper. I okay. Just, just pretend I'm calling him. Maybe I'd be able to keep my cool a little bit. But mm, okay. I'm also a huge fan of Mad Men, so I it would be it'd be a challenge. Okay. We'll see if we can get that done. Uh, I I'm very skeptical that we'll get it done, but maybe who knows? Maybe he wants to come on at the bottom of the hour. Ryan Paul, tournament director, uh, the Canadian Pacific Women's Open, coming to Calgary next summer, which is super exciting. It's always exciting to talk to our next guest. Uh, he covers the Flames for Sportsnet. We say good morning to the franchise, uh, Eric Francis. Uh, Mr. Francis on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. How was hockey this morning? Fantastic. Fantastic. Did you get well, a good sweat win. on? It's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still panting. Uh, you know, it's a, I tell you, I never thought I'd ever play hockey at 7 in the morning. Like, you know, if you had told me that 10 years ago, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? But what a great way to set up the day. It Look. really is. Look at you, exercise to start off the day. Um, what do you think? Well, that... Exercise, which Exer- you, you got to back check to exercise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, or coasting at 7 o'clock in the morning. Listen, I've played yeah, with Francis before. It's hard to hit the tape when he's all the way up at the blue line. And also when you can't make a pass to start. But, yeah, that's kind of how it went. Yeah, that's uh, – everyone's got their rule. Everyone's yeah. got their rule. Yeah. true. I'm really hey, good at throwing grenades into your feet. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You were good at that, man. There I got go. a joke for you. Okay. <laughs> this is not going to be a weekly thing, but I, I got a joke. I wrote this one. I wrote this one myself last okay. night. You, got, you guys saw Jam John Ham in the crowd yes. last night with Batman. Yep. Here's the joke. Okay. What did, What did John Ham say to Jonathan Huberdo after overtime last night? What? Skip the dishes. <laughs> That's good. Not bad. Yeah, because he did the spots before Katy Perry. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, he had the assistant. Yeah, and and Huberto should never have dished that pass off. Never. There you go. You can you can tell people that joke. You can take it as your own if you want. That's not bad. I won't. But thanks. What do you think the chances of Alex Brody tracking down John Hamm to be on our show franchise? I don't know. We tried to get him on our TV broadcast last night. I'm not sure that went that well either. Oh, okay. All right. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Well, well we're going to try. Shooter's got to shoot franchise. <laughs> if he won't go on TV, yeah. morning radio. Yeah. Shooter's got to shoot. Um, I want to ask, obviously, I want to talk about the 4-3 overtime loss last night, but what's been lost in this sea of activity with the deadline in the Flames game last night was Gary Bettman talking about the new arena or potential new arena deal and how things are progressing here in Calgary. What did you glean from the commissioner yesterday? Oh, that he's got, you know, that he's optimistic. But, you know, I've heard that for 10 years from the commissioner. I'm not, I'm not suggesting he's lying at all. I'm just saying, you know, nothing to see here, to be honest. I mean, I, I think that all reports, you know, from anyone I've talked to on the periphery of this thing, because it, they've kept it airtight, all these discussions and negotiations. And to be honest, as a Calgarian, I think that's the right thing to do. As a journalist, it's kind of frustrating. But the reality is nothing, nothing good gets negotiated in the public. And so, uh, but everything I've heard from everybody is that, you know, for the first time ever, everyone's pulling in the same direction. It doesn't mean, you know, it's going to be an easy deal to make, but I, you know, he says they're all speaking the same language for the first time. And, and I, you know, more so than ever in a decade. And I believe him. So I, I get for sure, we should be optimistic from what he said, but I don't think anyone's, (laughs) we've been down this road for so many years that uh, I don't think anyone you know, listen to that press conference said, oh, my God, 
let's buy our season tickets because we want to get good seats in the new bowl. Yeah, rinse and repeat is kind of what it felt like yesterday. Uh, in the game itself, could there have been a more 2022-23 Flames style of game? They outshoot the opposition, allow a, an early goal, lose in overtime. One more goal probably would have helped them. Like, There's a lot of the kind of MO of a Flames game that all came to light in that game, and it ended with an overtime loss to the Bruins. Yeah, and the only difference was that they had a big comeback in the middle of it, right? And that they blew – well, they've blown leads before. I don't know. They, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Certainly the first 20 minutes, you're like, oh, my God, I've seen this 30 times this year. Now, I guess we've got to give them credit. You know, I think lost in all the disappointment of losing in overtime is the fact that if they just played the best team in hockey, no – like that's by far the best team in hockey. Mm-hmm. And they dominated them. Yes, the, the Bruins were tired. I get that. But – that's got to count for something. I know it doesn't count for anything in terms of the playoff race. You get one point only, but I, 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 you know, lost in all this is the fact that the Flames have been playing damn good hockey lately. And I think that that's the most frustrating thing for the fans and, and more so for the players and the coach and management. Like they're playing really well, but their really well is not good enough because their goaltenders can't make that big stop. That being said, what did you make of, of Jacob Markstrom in the 45 minutes that he played after Dan Vladar struggled in the first period? He was fantastic, man. He was really good. Like, again, he never gets the credit when he does put in a good effort because everyone's just sitting there waiting for him to make a mistake. Um, and so when he does play well, everyone's like, yeah, well, that's what you're expected to do. Uh, he, he was great. Now, I'm not going to say he held him in the game or anything like that. And uh, you can't fault him on either of the two goals that he surrendered. God, they were both tic-tac-toe, empty netters, and not the goalie's fault. So, uh, you know, the defensive gaps in front of him this year have been egregious. You know, Zadorov being the number one offender. And I know Zadorov's come a long way over the last year and a half and everything. And there are times when some people, you know, Sutter, I think, even said he was their best defenseman. But he's their worst defenseman now. I'm sorry. He is such an adventure out there. He has cost them so many goals of late. You know, he was the first to admit it the other day when he was on three egregious mistakes. Um, you know, on a team that likes to pride itself on structure and, and, and discipline, he is such a wild card. He must drive his coaching staff absolutely bonkers. Um, Eric, we kind of touched on this earlier on in the show. Just want to get your opinion. We obviously treat these players and athletes like commodities. But ultimately, we're all human beings here. And obviously, the birth of Markstrom's child, maybe maybe that distraction, first child, maybe that maybe that had something to do with this play. I don't know, Eric, but obviously, yeah, and you can turn back to his performance against the Oilers last spring, and sure, but maybe that affected his play on the ice. I don't know. Like, it's obviously distracting when you have such an important, exciting thing happening in your personal life. Maybe it affected him on the ice. I have no idea, but... He looked like the old Markstrom last night for the two periods after he had his first child. I don't know. Maybe there's a correlation there. Well, I think we all thought the same thing when we heard that the, he had his child, and that's so great for him. And uh, I think we're all looking for uh, an explanation for how a guy can go from being the second-best goalie in the world to being, uh, well, quite frankly, one of the worst in the NHL this year. And he's so much better than he's been showing this year. So, yeah, we're all sitting here trying to find some explanation. That's that's as good as any, I guess. I don't think he'd ever use that as an excuse. You know, the one thing that I'm seeing from Markstrom more than I've seen, you know, the previous year for sure is is that frustration level. Like, I always think it's, you know, God, I could never be a goalie. Yeah. Like, the, the, 
you know, you got to hide your emotions. It's so important to hide your emotions. Not, you don't want to give the other team fuel by seeing you down. You don't want your own team to get down when they see you all dejected. You know, when you smash your stick on the net, um, it just sends bad messages and bad vibes all over the arena, in my opinion. And we've seen that so much this year. He's a, he's a much more sensitive, uh, emotional guy this year. And I get it. I get why, because it's been just an absolute struggle. Uh, but, but, you know, somehow he's got to rein that in. In my opinion, that, that's what I think. Does this game impact how you look at the trade deadline for this team? I think it's just further proof that this team's not worthy of, of expending future assets on this team. Like, again, they were really good last night, but they've been really good a lot this year and have very little to show for it except for a bunch of loser points. So I, I, I wouldn't spend a nickel mm. on these guys. Uh, you know, I, I was always okay if, if you could get Luke Shen for a fourth rounder. Turns out a third rounder is what we needed. Flames didn't have a third rounder, nor do I think they really needed that guy anyway. But that's the kind of player – that I still think they may go out and get, you know, some 32-year-old veteran uh, on an expiring contract, high off the glass every time, a uh, good leader, you know, it costs you a fourth-round draft pick. Like, I'd be okay with that just in case they do make the playoffs uh, and for the playoff push. Um, you know, we saw Michael Stone hobble out of the arena again last night in his boot cast. You know, that's not a good sign. He's got crutches. He's got a boot on. They, they say it's week to week, but, you know, it, and I think Dennis Gilbert's been okay. He's mm-hmm. been pretty good, and the, the guys like him, and he's inspiring, and he can be a spark plug for him. But, you know, what if he gets hurt, or what if somebody else gets hurt? Boy, you're really digging deep into the trenches to get a defenseman after that. So a depth defenseman's all I'd go for there. And you know what, guys, I just wanted to add, in case we forget to do it, you said, like, loss last night was the Batman thing. I'd also say loss last night was uh, I had a report in the intermission about Matt Coronado. I had a, a, a conversation with Coronado, uh, and um, he very much, I think, is ready to sign with the Calgary Flames. You know, mm-hmm. his, his words are basically this. Look, he's focused on a national championship with Harvard mm-hmm. right now. Uh, no question about it. But, and they have a buy in the NCAA tournament. The earliest his season could end would be like the 25th of this month, and that would give him eight games with the Calgary Flames. He needs to have a long conversation with Daryl Sutter. He needs to have a long conversation with Tree Living. These, this is what he, his camp is kind of saying, you know, you know, to find out where he fits in the organization. He wants to make sure that he's going to have a meaningful role and have a legitimate chance to play NHL hockey from the very start. You know, I don't think he's interested in playing in the minors at all, and I think he wants to jump right into the NHL and, and know that he's going to get a fair shot. And one of the questions that I asked was, you know, the way Daryl Sutter kind of treated Jacob Pelche early on with the incident that we all know about, and the way he treated Matthew Phillips, and the way he generally, we, the way we generally think that he looks upon young, uh, perhaps somewhat undersized players, you know, does that concern you? And he said, "Listen, you know, he's never said anything about like Matt Coronado. Like, you know, he he's not talking about me. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he's too concerned about that because a lot of people were worried about that when Daryl Sutter pulled that stunt." And uh, and I don't I, I don't think that the Coronado camp is too worried about that. Mm, it is a fascinating point as well. I I'll go down the Coronado route a little bit here. Then, like, do you think the way that play has improved for Pelche, and not improved, but the ice time allotment, the bump in responsibility, playing up on that line with Kadri and Huberto, do you think that's been significant in all of this as well? 
as we've actually seen that progression that Daryl Sutter kind of talked about when he brought him up. Like, hey, we're not just going to throw him in. He's got to work at it. But now he's kind of getting to that point where yesterday he's up, you know, well into the teens as far as minutes played again. Oh, yeah. Like, he's the progression has been fantastic. I'd say that he's the best story of the season for the Calgary Flames. I don't think there's any question about that. Like, and certainly, you know, whatever happens from now to the end of the year, when people look back at this season, they're going to look back at that as being one of the only bright spots. That and Dubay are probably, you know, they both progressed brilliantly this year, in my opinion. Um, you know, Pelche's, you know, still got a long way to go, but uh, I think that there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about that. And the coach has changed his tune on him for sure. I mean, obviously, we've seen that uh, immensely. Like, you know, obviously, the coach was kind of read the riot act and, and, and explained you can't treat human beings like that. You can't act like that. Words matter, and you can't do that. And ever since he's been over-the-top glowing about Pelche, he knows that the, everyone's watching every word he says about Pelche. So, no, and, and I think, you know, when I, when I talk about the trade deadline, guys, like, tell me where, you know, if they went out and got a forward, who would you bump from the top nine? Like, you know, two months, a month ago, it would have been, you know, Pelche or whoever would be in that spot. Yeah. But now that Pelche is stacking up and you, you want him to keep progressing and you're not taking him out of the lineup, you know, who are you taking out? I'm not taking anybody off that first. And I'm not saying they're perfect. They could all be better. But you tell me of the top nine forwards, who would you take out of the lineup if you did get up? you know, a significant player, Brock Besser or something like that? Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate moving Dubé down, to be honest with you. If that, oh my God, you're nuts! Like I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't want. I don't want to break up the backland line. No, nope. I wouldn't move Dubé though. I really okay, like where but, he's played. But, but if I had to I choose, like to okay, yeah. yeah. But if but you said if I had to choose, he's the one. Because okay, you can't so, yeah. you can't move Huberto down. He'd be the guy you'd move down, but you can't move him down. Yeah, you can't put him on fourth so, line. How's that gonna look? The only guy I'd think of that actually plays kind of a fourth-line role is Blake Coleman, but I also hate breaking up Coleman and back. That's what I mean. Again, if I had to choose. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I did. I made you pick one, so you picked one. That's, but, but my point is, yeah, I don't think there's anybody that you want to remove from the top nine. So to me, that and, and Tree Living always said, I need a top nine forward. He said that from training camp. He said it all year, but he always said with the caveat. If it comes from within, that's okay too. And yep. it came from within. So so you know, I'm not saying problem solved, but move on. That's not that's not on the checklist anymore. A depth defenseman is, but again, you know, uh, given where they are, I, they're only five points out. It's it's such a interesting glass half full, glass half empty. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a lot, but they got to play over 750 hockey from now to the end of the season to get into the playoffs. Um, um, or Seattle's got a tank, and that's a possibility too. Right. Uh, really quickly here, Eric, uh, we like to have you on every week to see what's irking Eric. Uh, you've talked about airline travel. You've talked about uh, how um, you just need to be better dropping your kids off at school. We have something produced before you jump into this week's edition of What's working, uh, What's Irking Eric. It's that time of the week. Time to find out what's irking Eric. Right now on The Big Show. Okay, I like, I like it. it. All right. Yeah. Just calms, kind of calms me down before I launch into a little bit of an angry rant. Okay. Tipping. Ooh, not okay. all tipping. Not all tipping. Yep. Not all tipping. Hey, people work hard for their money. Obviously, the whole tipping world has gotten out of control. We can talk about that at length on another day. But here, here's where they lost me. 
Here's where the tipping world lost me. The dry cleaner. Mm. My longtime dry cleaner. Been there 15 years, I bet you. They, they do a fine job. Fine job. I got prompted for a tip the other day when I was paying with my credit card. And I, I just looked up at them, and I said, I think you lost me. I think you lost me right there. Like 15 years, you lost me. A tip for a dry cleaning service? Oh, come on, boys. It, like, I'm not sure someone could throw out there. Like, we all, I think we all agree that tipping's gotten out of control. It's just, it's insane. Yep. It, it is. It used to be, it used to be you tip when the service is good. That's all. That was the only credo. And now you, now it's, you have to tip. The question is, how much more than 18 to 20% are you going to go? Mm. It's crazy. So I ask you. Is there anything more ridiculous in the tipping world mm-hmm. than tipping a dry cleaner? Uh, there, there's a place that sometimes I jump in to get a quick slice of pizza, and they have a tipping option for a slice of pizza, Eric. I was going to mention Subway. Well, those are sandwich artists. <laughs> I'm already getting gouged for making a sandwich that I could make in my fridge. I'm sorry. And the other problem with me for that one is like, I've gotten 30 years eating Subway, and this was never a thing. And now you guys have not changed your service at all oh, over oh. the last 30 years. Okay, but... If you wanted to throw it physically, hey, bring the toaster in and then add it, okay, now okay. we're talking. So physically just grabbing a pre-made slice of pizza and throwing it into a box and handing it to me, mm-hmm. that's deserving of a tip, Eric? No. Yeah. No. See? no. But, but, but here's, here's a subtle difference, if you ask me. I'm okay with some rogue employer or any employee putting a tipping jar out, like a, like a, you know, a cash or change tipping jar. Yeah. That doesn't bother me at all because, A, I don't carry cash. Nobody carries <laughs> cash, so it's a lost cause. If you think that that might attract an extra five or ten bucks, good on you. And yeah. if someone yeah. wants to give it to you, good on you. i got no problem with that. But when, when there's that uncomfortable moment when I've got to pay Ten dollars for two shirts that have been dry cleaned, or uh, probably more like twenty with the old guy, and 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 then and then I'm in, and then I'm sitting there, and he's looking at me like, okay, let's see how much this guy's gonna tip me for handing those two cellophane wrappers over to him. <laughs> I've done my job. Let's see what he responds with. That's I, I looked up in disgust, and the embarrassment left. Like, you know, the embarrassment of oh my god, what am I gonna tip? But I. That left, and I, it was just filled with rage. Like, really? Okay, well, I know there's one thing I can do about this, and that's take my business elsewhere, so I've moved on. What about, okay. I've seen this on social media a couple times lately, uh, landlords asking to be tipped on rent. You're, what? Okay. For real. That's worse. For real. That's worse. It's the worst thing I've seen lately. It is okay, here's, disgusting. Here's one. That, 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 I've never heard that of. can't be real. That is real. No. Yes, it no. is. What are they? Was your landlord coming to give you a back massage and then you tip them? One well, of the videos I saw the other day crazy. was you're going to tip someone who is bringing you drinks, but you're not going to tip someone who comes to your house to fix it in the middle of the night. And I went, that's your job, bro. Yeah. You are I, a landlord. I'm paying for dude. that service. That is your only service. You don't work nine to five for me. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Go ahead real quick, franchise. Well, at the at, at the Cowboys poker tournament, every time you lose out, and I lost out a bunch of times, you buy back in to help the charity out. $225, she comes by with the machine, and it prompts me for a tip. 
for a charitable donation. Now, that one doesn't make me mad, and nor should I get even angry about that because that's a gal working at, you know, at a bar, and, of course, it's already on the machine that you're going to prompt someone for a tip every time. I get it. But she kind of was looking at me like, okay, let's see how much this guy's going to tip me. And I'm like, on a charitable donation? Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, and it's an awkward spot you're put in. And you're Eric Francis, and it's worse because you're Eric Francis because people know you. Shut up. Shut up. Like, George... George loves that. At a day, restaurant eh? I worked in, well, at a restaurant I worked in in Niagara Falls, Howie Mandel came in franchise. What? Yeah, $400 he tipped, which I thought was really good. And then like somebody complained him like, "What are you talking about? His meal was like 350 and he tipped <laughs> you $400." Like, what did you want? Like a million dollars from Howie Mandel? Like you're just in an awkward spot. If Matt and I, who are nobodies, go and tip, yeah, okay, you guys work in radio, you're broke. But see, you're in a different situation because you're Eric Francis and people know you, and I feel for you. Zing. No, it's not. It's true. Like the the dry cleaner looks at Eric Francis, go, all right, let's see what Eric Francis is going to leave me. (laughs) He sees he sees George Russick and Matt Rose roll up with some ten year old shirts at the dry cleaner. That guy's expecting nothing. He's like, man, I hope the card goes through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope it doesn't get so, declined. I, you're not suggesting that as they see me roll up, they're like, oh, oh, oh it's Francis, it's Francis. Get the tip prompt. Maybe. Go, 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 go. Hurry. <laughs> get the other credit card machine out. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so, boys. All right. Uh, great job, franchise, as usual. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for this. Enjoy your day, boys. Uh, there Thank he is, Eric. There he is, Eric Francis on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. NHL trade deadline coverage on Sports at 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe. This is 1975, down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. I have to apologize big time to Ryan Paul, the tournament director. we got to get to him, like, right away. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sports at 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Before we say goodbye, um, we're giving away a pair of tickets. 960-960, name and location. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. The Flames hurt, Lee, hurt me last night more than blank. We're giving away two tickets to the fifth annual wing-off in support of Calgary Kids Sport down at Cowboys next Thursday, March 9th. But right now, big news for the city of Calgary. The CP Women's Open. Let's go. Coming to Earl Grey Golf Club next summer. The tournament director is Ryan Paul, and he joins us here on the big show. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. I'm sorry. Our apologies. Uh, we had Eric Francis on and he was, uh, talking about how, um, he had to tip his dry cleaner. Uh, your thoughts on tipping for dry cleaning, uh, Ryan Paul. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I'm a, I'm a positive on, uh, tipping the dry cleaner. The the one by my house gives me a nice little discount. So, um, return the favor with the with a nice tip. Okay, that makes sense. If I ever get a discount, I do love to give a nice big tip. That's So it's like you're giving them a tip for free. Yep. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um why why Calgary uh next summer for the CP Women's Open, Ryan? Uh the best way to answer is why not? Calgary is such a yeah. um such an incredible golf community. Um 
great golf courses, uh, great members, great great public players. I think everyone in the community really gets behind it, which is special because it's such a short golf season uh, in Calgary. But um, we had a very successful CP Women's Open in, in 2016 uh, at Prentiss Greens and uh, very excited to be coming back uh, to Calgary. CP, obviously our, ter- our title sponsor, uh, they headquarter out of Calgary and uh, 2024 will actually be our 50th playing of the of the CP Women's Open. So um, I think very fitting that we're uh, in the title sponsor's backyard. For fans that don't know, just uh, can you tell us about some of the individuals who are probably going to be teeing it up at this event? I know it's not for quite some time, but it's not like this is uh, a light field that you're necessarily expecting. No, we're we're very proud of our field, and and we have been for for a number of years. Uh, we we get over 90 of the top 100 players. Uh, they come to our event. They come. We have a strong purse, so they'll come for that reasons. But they do love coming to Canada. Uh, the golf courses that we go to are are well conditioned. They're an incredible test of golf, and and the communities that we go to, uh, like Calgary, um, really wrap their arms around the players and and make them feel Canadian for a week, really. So it always attracts a a strong field, and um, it all starts with with our Canadian uh, sensation Brooke Henderson, who I'm sure everyone knows. Uh, by now is the most winningest uh, Canadian uh, in all of golf uh, and came with majors now where she got her, her second major last year. Um, and then the list goes down. You know, Lexi Thompson, Melly Corder, Jessica Corder, Danielle Kang. Um, if, if you if you heard her on the LPG Tour, she, she'll be in Calgary next uh, summer. Uh, you mentioned it was a Prentice last time. This time it's going to be at Earl Grey. Uh, what went into the decision to uh, choose this particular course? Um, yeah, a lot of things. Um, we we took a more, we'll say, holistic approach this year and, and really cast the net out to uh, a number of golf clubs in, in the area to see who wanted to be considered uh, for a future CP Women's Open. And um, it, it had nothing to do with trying to go away from, from Prentice by any means. I'm sure we'll go back to Prentice uh, at, some play, at some point. That course is, uh, is amazing and, and the membership's great. But um, I think for, for Golf Canada and CP, this time around, being at a course like Real Great where you're right in the middle of the city, um, you know, that went well with our partnership with the city of Calgary and just showcasing all of um, the great golf clubs that we have in this country to the world was um, was something that uh, we wanted to take care of as well. Earl Grey is going to look fantastic on on television, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a challenging course for the players. Uh, Ryan Paul, tournament director of the CP Women's Open from Golf Canada, joining us here on the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet nine sixty. Uh, the fan, Ryan. Obviously, uh, you have your sights set on this year's edition in Vancouver, which goes from August twenty first to the twenty seventh. But this one will be held July twenty second to the twenty eighth because of the Paris Olympics. Do you expect that to impact the field at all, or a lot of the best players are going to use this tournament as a tune-up to try to win gold at the Summer Olympics in Paris? Yeah, it, it, it's exactly that. And um, with with the Olympics, our our date when we're traditionally in late August uh, got moved around a little bit, and and we were going to spill um, maybe a little later into the year because after the Olympics, they do their their uh, England swing with the Women's British Open and, and the Scottish Open. So um, I do think the date that we have is is going to be um, wonderful because just like you said, they can uh, they can come play the the CP Women's Open, and then they've got the week uh, they'll be off while the men are playing in the Olympics. So from from Calgary, they'll they'll slowly make their way to um, to Paris and maybe catch some of the men's action and hang out in the Olympic Village for a little bit, and then. Uh, hit up their competition the the following week. Uh, obviously, you're focused on uh, this year's tournament in Vancouver. When does the actual planning for next year's tournament begin for you personally? Uh, well, it actually begun, uh, I'll say, in my first visit out to Earl Grey was August of 2021. Um, wow. Not many people, <laughs> I guess, realize how long it, it does take to 
to prepare for an event. And, and part of that uh, process was making sure that Earl Grey had the space and the infrastructure to uh, to host uh, a national a national open. Um, you, you start to think of everything outside uh, the ropes or outside the golf course with television compounds and operation compounds and, and all those things uh, that nobody sees when they're at the golf course um, that make it a, a host venue. So, um, yeah, we've been, we've been preparing for, for over a year now, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to ramp up and open up volunteer registration and, and sell our programs and hospitality and tickets and all that uh, probably this summer uh, and then continue to ramp up uh, next year once, once this year's CP Women's Open Pass. Golf has seen just an exponential amount of growth over the last handful of years. Um, have you felt that growth as well, being the the head of this tournament? Absolutely. the The attendance just grows and grows uh, each and every year. And I think we were um, we were pleasantly shocked last year uh, in Ottawa with how many fans attended the events and and the popularity that the events has grown. Even coming off of uh, two years that we couldn't have the event due to the pandemic. Um, just to see that we, we didn't lose that step and, and our numbers have, have grown and grown. I think we were around 40,000 uh, fans through the gates uh, last time when we were at Prince and that number's gone all the way up to uh, 73,000 that we had uh, in Ottawa last year and, and we expect those numbers to um, to continue to rise in, in Vancouver uh, this summer and then, and then certainly Earl Grey uh, the following year. How much has a real legit superstar in Brooke Henderson also helped with all of this? No, she's the she's the driving factor. There's no uh, there's no denying it. I'd love to say that it's uh, it's it's our team's doing and <laughs> how we're creating these golf tournaments is why people are coming. But it's it's Brooke Henderson. She's uh, she's amazing. I, I I'm still in awe of someone that can be that talented, um, that decorated with with all the wins, and still give so much time back to to signing autographs and engaging with with the fans on the golf course, especially the youth. And and you just see when all the players are or all the fans are wearing hats and shirts that look exactly like hers and, and they just, they just want to be her. And then um, I, I still laugh at um, even the grown up fans when, when she's there and playing and after she's hit a shot on the fairway and she's walking towards the green, they're all standing behind, you know, doing the, the hand motion swing, trying to figure out what's wrong with their swing and how they can perfect it. <laughs> after watching Brooke. Yeah, it, it is definitely true. Do, do you get input from players like Brooke Henderson when it comes to picking these venues? Uh, we do. We we do consult with with the players a little bit, um, just on what they're looking for in in a national open and and what kind of courses are are the challenge. Now, most players on the LPGA haven't spent too much time in in Canada just with the the short season, but um, we we do try to fit into um, you know what they're looking for. And certainly, it goes beyond just the 18 holes of golf. They want the the clubhouse experience and a range and being in cities that um you know they're throughout the golf course for a few hours of the day they're not there uh, the entire time so being able to sightsee and and get around the city is is important to them as well uh ryan has it ever been tempting to go all crazy usga and grow like the rough like two feet at the open <laughs> <laughs> i i've thought about it i uh, would love to see just one event to see how that how that goes but I, I do think with, well, even our next two years, Shaughnessy and, and Earl Grey, um, there'll be tight fairways and big trees that are um, going to swallow up any balls that go, that go mm-hmm. wayward shot. So we'll see some, um, we'll see some tough scores and, uh, and a low score for the winner. Uh, we're all looking forward to it. Uh, Ryan Paul, tournament director of the CP Women's Open. It'll be played at Earl Grey Golf Club here, right here in Calgary from July 22nd to the 28th. 
2024. Well, we're looking forward to having the best women's golfers on the planet here in this beautiful city. Ryan, great stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll have you in studio next summer. How's that? Can't wait. All right, let's do it. Love Thanks, it. Ryan. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, like it's a world-class event coming to this city. And Brooke Henderson, to me, she's the most underrated superstar in this country. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Like I, she wins all the time on the PGA, well, not King, not the LPGA Tour, not all the time, but she wins at an incredible clip. She wins like once a month. And golf is ridiculously difficult. And I feel like Brooke Henderson needs to be a bigger star than what she is in this country. Uh, I think that as golf continues to grow, um, and more people become more exposed to it. I think that there's a, a little bit of um, a hierarchy to how you kind of get exposed to golf. And I think as more people start to enjoy the sport a little bit more, yeah, you're going to start to notice Brooke Henderson a little bit more. And, and again, I know we're, we're hockey first, especially in this province, which is thing, fine. The other thing, too, is that the men on the... On the Canadian, the Canadian men on, yeah. are actually like performing well too, yeah. right? Corey Connors, uh, I would imagine, is a contender to win at Augusta. Svensson is top ten in the FedEx Cup rankings. Yeah. It's like, early in I the just, season, but still, yeah. There, there's some incredible Canadian athletes doing some amazing things, like Shea Gilgis Alexander. What he's doing in the NBA is sure. just off the hook. Like there are some phenomenal Canadian athletes. I think that deserve to get a lot more credit than they actually are, because what they're doing on the global stage. That's it. I can't and disagree again, with you, we're, George. We're hockey first, and I get it. But what they're doing, like what people are noticing around the world, is just incredible. And Canada continues to crank out elite athletes. I think the most underrated player in Canada is Mitch Marner, George. That's my take. Wow, really? No. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. We'll have a Leafs guest on. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We're going to do a little bit of a head-to-head. We're actually going to get this thing done this time. I think we might do a little crossover with our friends at 590 in Toronto with uh, Ailish and Justin. Last time, Maybe. The, last time there was some tech, technical snafu. Some tech in Ontario were bummed it all up. Yeah, that's what actually happened. So we'll see if we can pull that off some tomorrow morning. Scrub. We'll do that in like the 6 o'clock segment if we can get it done. Toronto we're still Jeff. working out the details and the logistics of doing that tomorrow morning. But we might do it tomorrow. Um, we've been asking you all morning. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. Your chance to win a pair of tickets for the fifth annual wing off in support of Calgary Kids Sport down at Cowboys on Thursday, March 9th, 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Uh, texting McTexerson as our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot. He joins us with some text. Oh, Texty, what do you got for us? Jason in Calgary. Yesterday's loss hurts me more than both my kids telling me I'm bald and fat on a regular basis. <laughs> and there's no hope. Oh. I'm only 35. Oh, oh boy. Oh, there. That's the kicker there. Ah, see, that's. Okay. I feel like you signed up for that when you have kids. Yep. That they're not always gonna. They're not always gonna prop you up. You're yeah. gonna try and tear you down sometimes. It's true. Wedley uh, in Bridalwood. Okay. Flames hurt me more than Logan hurt Alex with that Travis Kelstrade. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 
Wedley with the deep cuts. Wedley, oh, like he remembers stuff with the show that I forget about. <laughs> well, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember how Logan fleeced poor little Alex Brody. When was that and deal? Alex like did, August? Yeah, it was September. And Alex didn't even like consult us nope. about the deal. No. Nope. It's like, I wonder if I should ask a guy who hosts a national football betting show every Sunday about this trade. He didn't. Nope. You just sent it. You only have yourself to blame about that trade, Alex, really. Although Logan did take advantage of you, which I wasn't a big fan of. Travis Kelsey, SNL on Saturday. Don't miss it. Yeah. Who knows if it'll be good? Uh, I got really uh, low hopes. Yeah. I'm going in with low expectations. I'm going in with mega low expectations. Uh, keep like, on... they're usually good for, like, three good skits a show. And yeah. That's not a good clip. Well, keep them going, Texty. Zachary and Renfrew. The flames hurt me more last night than my father's constant disappointment. Oh, boy. Oh, that's... I feel like there's more to that story. Yeah. Keep him coming. Brad from Strathmore. The flames hurt me more last night than working on a roof in minus 30 degrees Celsius. That's, see, that's real work. Yeah, that's not for me. Yeah, you and I are way too soft to do something like that. Yeah, big time. We couldn't real last like a day hands. doing that. George, we don't even like our 10-minute walk home. It's true. Mine's six, and I cry like a little baby. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. I'm like, my jeans are not warm enough. <laughs> Keep them coming, Texty. Isaac in Okotox. The flames hurt me last night more than the sun hurts the vampire skin of Pat Steinberg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the vampire what? skin. Wow. What? Why the blast on Steinberg? Is Catching that- an air- a stray arrow for no reason. More than the sun hurts the vampire skin of Pat Steinberg. Wow. Catching a stray arrow. In a Kotox. Um, is that because he doesn't leave the hot stove lounge and there's no windows? Like, yeah. that's my only assumption? No, there's no possible natural light that could no. even remotely sneak into that bunker. No, it's fluorescent light Listen, through and through. It's mostly nuclear, I believe. If things yeah. go down uh, and there is a third world war. Yeah, I'll meet you there. Just, I'll meet you at the, at the hot stove lounge because you'll be safe in there. Yeah, we'll drink a whole bunch of original 16s and yeah, shoot we'll be safe gum in until there. we perish. Because uh, those uh, meters of thick concrete that encase that lounge, you'll be safe from any nuclear blast. Keep them coming, Texty. Jeremy in Calgary. Flames hurt me more than when my little brother threw a pitchfork through my foot when I was 12. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the text line... Must have been really hurt by this game. <laughs> a pitchfork? <laughs> Who was your brother? Jason Voorhees? <laughs> like, my God. That's a tough one. Like, s- you, that loss hurt you more than that? It ain't safe out here in these ranches, bro. I guess. Yeah. What else, Texty? Brad from Strathmore. The flames hurt me more last night than working on a roof in minus 30 degrees Celsius. Whoops. You already Whoopsie. read that one. Whoopsie. Ian from Okotox. Okay. The flames hurt me last night more than stubbing my pinky toe on my coffee table. <laughs> Is there anything more aggravating than doing that? It just drives me absolutely like, nuts. Son of a... You want to just hit something? Yeah. And you know it'll make it so much and worse. And we've all done it so many times in our lives, and you're like, come on, man. Yeah, that's the exact. Yeah, you're like, come on, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Heads up on the. Okay, keep them coming. Clean your act. Josh in Ranchlands. Flames hurt me last night more than my vasectomy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Just boom. There she is. Like getting it or the emotional damage? (laughs) I need more to that story. (laughs) 
I don't know if I want. Or maybe more. I don't. Need no, more I don't of think that we story. do. Okay, keep it rolling, I don't Alex. Think we Brady do. from Airdrie. The Flames' loss hurt more than the line drive I took to the eye playing third base in Little League when I was five. Oh boy. Ouch. I took a uh, golf ball to the side of the head when I was a young child. <laughs> right to the bean. Right to the bean. How? I was playing with uh, the family when yeah. we were camping. I was yeah. probably like 10. Yeah. My brother would have been seven or eight. Yeah. And obviously, we're just hacking it up. Like, every time, five yards, Like, why do dribble. I picture being behind you guys as a foursome? I'm like, come on. <laughs> we're playing, like, nightmare. some little par three course, sure. like, nightmare, in the though. mountains. Yep. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, brother's been just hacking it up all day. So I get out in front of him to go and get one of my balls. Yep. And uh, sure enough, he finally connects with one right off the side of the bean. Wow. Yeah. Did you go down? I did go down. Oh, wow. I didn't go lights out, but I did go down. Did you cry? Oh, yeah. Like a little child, because I was a little child. Okay. How many more you got, Alex? I got like six. So. Oh, boy. You want to go like rapid fire? Let's go. Okay, do it. Mike in Signal Hill. The loss last night hurt me more than failing college and getting that disappointed look from my parents. Mm. Been there. Yep, me too. Brian from Harmony. Flames hurt me more than plucking a long nose hair. You shouldn't pluck your nose hairs. What? what you should, should just do with trim them? them. Oh, okay. They're there for a reason. Yeah. To, Jeff and yeah. They, yeah. You can get yeah, an yeah. infection if you plug your nose hair. Don't pluck your nose hairs, people. Just trim them. Listen to George. More They're there know. for a reason. And that hurts like a mother, too. So don't do oh, it. Yeah, it's a bad one. You're not supposed to do it. Anyway, continue. All right, next. Jeff in Calgary. Flames hurt me more than a dentist practicing proctology on me. <laughs> maybe, like, I don't Whoa. know, like, I don't mm. know, like, if you're, if it's been a long time dentist, but maybe that's the one you don't want to go to anymore. Is he practicing in the sense that he's like, hey, I've got an exam coming up. You mind if I just do a, a quick trial run on you? Or is it yeah. practicing as in, like, he's practicing uh, his profession? Yeah, like, you're in the chair and he's telling you to flip over? Probably not <laughs> the best sign. <laughs> you want me to do what? Keep it coming, Alex. Braden from Calgary. The flames hurt me worse than when I cracked five ribs in my back playing hockey last summer. Oh. Okay. Mark. The flames hurt me more than when I roll over onto my back when sleeping and start snoring. The sharp elbow I get to the ribs. Yep. That's love. I get that a lot. That's love. Yep. The old sharp elbow. Uh, sometimes I'll get the slap right in the chops, too. Just really? A big like a wrestling slap? Because she she won't be facing me. Yeah. So it'll just be like a, uh, just like a reverse flail and mm. just a big open hand right on the side of the. But doesn't that make you mad too? You're like, come on. Yeah, of course it makes me mad. But I'm also like, well, I guess you can't sleep because I sound like a chainsaw. So okay. I guess it's kind mm. of on me. All right. How many more, Alex? That also, it go. takes me like two seconds to get back to bed. I don't care. Mm. This is the last one here. All right. Jorge in Calgary. Mm. The flames hurt me more last night than when I was a kid and my foot would slip off my pedal on my bike and I would lose half a shin on the pedal. Mm. Mm, that was Been the there. worst. Been there. The absolute worst. I think we got to give the tickets to the pitchfork in the foot. Sure. Worst Who was that, me. Alex? Oh. oh. Sorry, I put you on the spot. Uh... Did you label these? I don't even know. If I just he have had his the name. names. I don't have like the story. Let me take a guess. Here. I don't think he had a right. name. Well, on whoever it. that was, uh, you won. Congratulations! Uh, you're going to the wing off at the, the fifth annual wing off down at Cowboys Casino in support of Calgary Kids Sport. It goes down 
next Thursday, March 9th. We'll get your name. We'll get your location. We'll shoot you a text. You're going. Congratulations. We got to run. We are super late here. Like, this is the latest we've ever been. This is a record. It's almost 9 o'clock. But good thing Big Show replay straight ahead because Patrick's out sick. Yeah, that's... So in case you missed the sparkling part of our show, which you'd be hard-pressed to find, you get to hear it again. <laughs> but uh, hey, we put our best foot forward. Yeah, we tried. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's... No. We tried. No. All right, uh, that's it for us. Uh, we'll tee up the Leafs game in Calgary tomorrow. Um, have, tr- and try to enjoy your day. After How many trades today? Night. For the Flames? None. No, just overall. I think the... Watch the Flames do something mind-blowing today. Which would be cool for our show tomorrow. I would like that. Yeah, I would like that too. All right. We got to run. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.